Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Hi, Geekscapists. The Geekscape podfather, Jonathan, here. In May, we lost one of our own. Longtime Geekscape is Christopher Ellis, who was a friend and a part of our geek community from the very beginning. Chris even met his wife Sarah through our podcast, and their 2015 wedding seemed like a giant Geekscape party. Chris's final weeks battling in the hospital shed light on a huge national problem. The COVID pandemic has almost completely depleted our national and local blood banks. These supplies are used by thousands of hospitals to provide life-saving treatments to patients or to buy enough time for loved ones just to say goodbye. So for the next month and beyond, we're going to do it big in Chris's memory and do some good in the process. We're throwing a blood drive. Visit www.aabb.org to find a donation center near you or visit other blood and platelet donation centers like the Red Cross. And let's make things interesting. For the next month, take a selfie of yourself donating with the hashtag GeekscapeGives and tag your favorite Geekscape podcast. We'll pick some charitable Geekscapists to send prizes to and the podcast that gets mentioned the most We'll also get some cool rewards. I should actually cancel the podcast that gets mentioned the least. Can I do that? Whatever. The point is, go out there and donate some blood, tag a selfie of yourself doing it with the hashtag GeekscapeGives, and get others to do the same. We couldn't save our friend Chris, but we can do a whole lot of good in his name. Geekscape forever!
Hey, Dylan. Hey, Matt. Oh, there's those pipes reminding us that it's musical month here on Christmas 365. So we already left a little nugget of a hint for you in the previous episode. And by little nugget, I straight up told you what next week's episode was going to be. <laughs> so we are going to now take movies and turn them into musicals. Now, here's the caveat okay. of my choices, right? Yes. I am ta- I'm not talking about, hey, let's take this franchise and remake the film as a movie, but I'm talking more of like how there's now Evil Dead the musical that you can see like off-Broadway or, you know, like we're taking this from the screen to the stage. Okay, yeah, and I'm for it. I'm the type of person who is really over musical adaptations. Fair. Especially when, when, when we're hitting Broadway and we've got Beetlejuice the musical and SpongeBob the musical and Spider-Man the musical and not everything needs a fucking musical adaptation. So as we're going to get into our discussion, today i just want that known now there are some amazing ones matt has already brought up evil dead the musical which i think is absolutely incredible i love evil dead the musical but i do have like i'm just over it i'm over adaptations but this is gonna be a great topic of conversation matt what is your experience with musical theater before we delve into this so my uh experience is weird so i was stage crew for high school nice the only time i was on the stage, not as a stage crew member, was during Little Shop of Horrors. Ooh. I played Bill Murray's character in the movie. We wrote that scene into the show just for nice. me to go and be crazy for two minutes. So I, I had a blast. It. Oh, I, I still have it on tape somewhere. I always enjoyed musicals, yeah. but I don't think it was until fairly recently that I really started to own how much I liked musicals. Yeah. So, like... I loved old musicals. My okay. favorite musical still to this day is Anything Goes. I think that Anything Goes, the music is just phenomenal. It's a funny show. It's a little problematic at parts, but in general, it's just a very fun screwball comedy type musical, and I adore it. Which, side note, this isn't a Christmas thing, but I do want to bring it up. Yeah. I know that we were saying how, I, I kind of agree with you, I, not every movie needs to be a musical, but... Unless I'm wrong, the movie Clue hasn't been turned into a musical yet. <laughs> and I don't know if it necessarily needs to be a musical, but Clue, the film, should have been a stage show by now. because um, like, It's 100% a stage show. We're li- okay, literally, it, yeah, yes, yes. The stage. Okay. I'm not sure if there's a musical version of Clue, but it is 100% a stage show. Funny enough where the, I'm... The movie feels like a stage show the yeah, whole it, time. Yeah, it is a stage show. <laughs> like, um, where I'm actually performing now, they just held auditions for Clue. They're doing it in October but no so the big change for me it feels like lame and cliche to say that Hamilton was like a changing point for me but like yeah Hamilton was so unavoidable that yeah. it like set me down a rabbit hole of because I listened to that soundtrack so much on Spotify Spotify started recommending to me other shows and then I started getting my feet wet with all these other shows and really like the big change the the point that I knew that I was fully a fan of musicals was when I actually started to care about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade because I wanted to see the musical performances in the street. You know what I mean? Like, that was, like, my main focus. Then I became, like, I fell in love with uh, Be More Chill, which I just think is such a great show. 
and yeah. it bombed so bad on Broadway. And like, I know that they were talking about doing a movie. I'm hoping that the Broadway bomb doesn't hurt that. Yeah. I'm not sure how familiar you are with Be More Chill, but it had this problem of like the people who really truly love that show also weren't people that could afford $70 tickets to see and it that's, on Broadway. That's, that's one of the big problems with musical theater is a lot of us are stuck just listening to the soundtracks. And I think what's really cool that came out of the pandemic was the streaming services picking yeah. up musical theater, which again, I know it has its detractors of people saying, well, that's not true theater. You're not experiencing it live, but musical theater, at least going to experience it is a very niche hobby that a lot of people would love to get into, but it just is so expensive. expensive. It is so expensive. Well, and, and again, like I know that there are people who, I think you may be one of them too, Dylan, and correct me if I'm wrong. We're like, yeah, Hamilton is fine. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. that was kind of, but like the thing with Hamilton that is worth giving it a lot of props beyond the fact that it did get a lot of people who weren't into musical theater into musical theater. It was a great, it was a very good gateway drug into that whole scene. But also, A, because it followed almost an opera-like structure where there's really no talking. It is just singing from start to finish. You could listen to the soundtrack and completely follow it. Versus yes. like listening to other like listening to the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack, I still had to sit down and read a wiki page to explain yeah. to me what those. But I didn't need that with Hamilton. I knew exactly yeah. everything that was happening. And then two, having that Disney money to make the movie on Disney Plus showed just what you could do just filming actors on a stage. Yeah. You don't have to do in the Heights where it's this big crazy expensive like West Side Story movie you can literally just set up some cameras get a couple drones and you can make a really cinematic experience of watching a, a performance in front of an audience yeah so i'm hoping that that also helps really i i would love i would pay twenty dollars to watch a a pre-taped musical performance that was shot 100%. on that same level you know what i mean Definitely. get me those close-ups get I me mean, those zoom I, so you're right. My my opinion on Hamilton is weird. Um, I really appreciate what it has done for musical theater. I appreciate what it's done for diversity, even from history. I care yes. way more about history exactly than than ever before because of it. I think one of my biggest issues with Hamilton is mostly Hamilton fans. Yeah, it's the ICP situation. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think we've talked about that before, of like talking to a Hamilton fan about their their love of hip hop. Like, oh, I love hip hop. I love Eminem and Hamilton. And it's yeah. like, okay, all right. Um, this is real <laughs> cringy to me. But no, I appreciate the production. The production, uh, the one that was filmed on Disney Plus, is absolutely incredible. That that's where my stance is on Hamilton. But I love musical theater and to me this is christmas related because musical theater all parts makes me think of christmas because i got into musical theater i grew up watching like grease and stuff like that but my like full-blown interest into musical theater and this is actually blasphemous to some people in within the realm of it was seeing rent the movie for the first time um 2006 and that movie is actually set around Christmas time. So I always kick off my season watching Rent. Even though, again, the movie is not as good as the show, but the but I go back and forth. I, I still have a love for it. But that's been my experience. So to me, and I've talked to you about this, like 
I'm still stuck in the rent spring awakening realm of of those musicals that were big when I was in high school and I struggle expanding my horizons into musicals that are big now for the the reason we were just talking that like I don't get to see these musicals I just get to listen to them so I'm like well what's the point of listening to them because I don't ever get to see them and experience them which I agree with the exception of the fact that like I didn't need to watch Dear Evan Hansen to know that you will be found as a fucking banger oh yeah song. yeah yeah you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so so I have experiences that again contradict what I'm saying but I really do want to expand my horizons and listen to more modern musicals and and just get that experience because I love the way musicals are structured. We're talking about Dear Evan Hansen. I had tickets to take my sister to see it in Baltimore right before COVID. Everything. And unfortunately, yeah. I didn't. we didn't get to. So let's dive into it. Okay, yeah. Let's get into our what, topic of conversation. Yeah, so what, so what movie that I've got, I'd say two and a half. Okay. And then there's one that I'm pretty sure hasn't already been done. So but. let's let's talk about ones that have already been done real quick. So they turned Elf into a into a musical. Okay. I wasn't a huge fan of it. To me, the the movie Elf is reaching that point where I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> I'm so so Elf is I wouldn't say that it's I don't want to watch it anymore, but the example I always use is like Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. Right? When Napoleon Dynamite came out and I saw it in theaters before it was like Napoleon Dynamite, like it was just this weird little movie. Yeah. I was like, this movie's incredible. And then like a month later, it felt like everyone and their mom had seen it seven times and everyone was quoting it and everybody was rocking a vote for Pedro's shirt. Yeah. And it was like that overexposure where I was just like, ugh, I kind of hate this movie now. Yeah. But like now no one thinks about Napoleon Dynamite. And, like, recently I put it on. I'm like, you know what? The things that made me love it the first time I watched it are still there, baby. Still there. Like, it's just you, you had to, like, get past the the wave of it being, like, the trendy thing for everyone to love. And I feel like Elf is definitely starting to get near the end of that wave. Yeah. But I agree with you that it's, like, it's fine. It's really funny. It's really adorable. It's actually where I first heard the song Baby It's Cold Outside. So I always have a, have a connection with that. And, like... You know, there's moments in all these Christmas movies where we feel a little tang in our heart. Yeah. And like when everybody's standing outside singing oh, songs to show their yes. Christmas spirit, like, hell yeah. Like I'm getting a little choked up even yes. mentioning that scene. Yes. So like there's things that really work in that movie. But I agree, like going into full blown musical, it's too on the nose, right? Yes. It's too yes. like, like I think what Elf was, was a subversion of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like Disney taking the movie Enchanted. And turning it into an actual 2D cartoon unironically. And it's like, no, the whole point of this movie was that it it was taking this stuff into the real world. Yeah, it was a fish out of water story. Yeah. Basically. So it's like once you turn it into a musical, I feel like it loses the fish out of water exactly. element because how can Buddy seem weird because he's singing songs if the rest of the cast is also singing songs? Yeah. Elf to me is is Fallen victim to that hocus pocus syndrome. Yeah. The other one I definitely want to mention is one that I've talked about before, and we're definitely going to cover it on the show eventually. Um, Scrooge, Albert Finney's Scrooge, 1970. Okay. 
1970 film musical adaptation of A Christmas Carol, original adaptation, and they have adapted it and put it onto on stage as well. And it's absolutely incredible. I don't want to get into much of it because I do eventually want to cover that, but I, I just want to mention it. If you haven't seen Albert Finney's Scrooge from 1970, please hunt it down and watch it. It's one of my favorite musicals of all time. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of Tacky and White and Nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. I'm going to bounce off of that with my first first thing on my list. Okay. And stop me if this has already been done because I've been wanting to see this happen. Let's see. I love seeing A Christmas Carol. I love it. Okay. I love seeing it every year. Okay. But every single year, I go and see a local theater do a Christmas carol, and the whole time I keep waiting for the Muppet songs to start happening. Okay. Not a full-blown, hey, let's do a musical version of a Christmas carol, because it's already been done. Yes. But, like, let's start throwing in some of those beautiful Paul Williams songs into your performances of a Christmas carol, because they're great. Okay. It feels like Christmas, Scrooge, One More Sleep Till Christmas... Like, we need these songs on the stage being sung by professionals. So the closest that that, that has happened is an orchestra playing, like, with the movie in the background. They've Mm. they've done, like, concert versions of it, but... No, I want want a stage, actors on stage, acting out the... Because I think the other big thing, and I'm pretty sure, obviously, I haven't seen the Albert Finney movie, but I know that the Muppets Christmas Carol is... Definitely one of the most faithful to the Charles Dickens novel. So it's not like you're going and making these crazy leaps out of the original written stage show to work these songs in. They flow into the scenes already. But how about you, Joe? That, that was my like softball one. I've, okay, I've got yeah. two more Buck Wild ones in my Muppets pocket. Muppets but... Christmas Carol, I think, would be amazing on stage you could do it avenue q style i don't even want the muppets i literally don't don't, i just want the actors to sing the songs okay you know what i mean because the the songs don't really call attention to the fact that they're being sung by muppets 
So, like, I just want, when Scrooge is introduced, I want the cast on stage singing, like, here comes Mr. Humbug, here comes Mr. Grimm. I can get behind that. Yeah. Like, I like that. I just think those songs are fantastic. They are fantastic songs. They really are. They really are. And as much as my hatred for Emmett Otter runs deep, The Muppets Christmas Carol definitely has a spot in my heart. Top tier songs right there. Dude, how has the Santa Claus never been turned into a musical? That's a good question because I I could see that. Yeah, I feel like, especially as like the transitions from the real world to the North Pole and, and that set would be absolutely extravagant. I think it lends itself to musical theater very well, especially in this realm of, fuck it, let's adapt everything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i wonder if it's just i'm i'm gonna say this knowing that i'm just kind of lighting a fire under you but yeah. probably because probably because they're too busy showing elf on tv all the time and people <laughs> forgotten about the santa claus <laughs> dude you're not wrong like they put the santa claus on on like abc family at like like once a yeah. week when Elf is playing like nonstop yeah. all the other times. It's like ridiculousness on MTV. Have you ever yeah, looked oh at my... have you ever looked at the like the guide? Yep. Oh, I've seen that picture. Nothing... I thought it was made up. I was like, someone photoshopped this, and then I was like, nope, nope, that's it's actually insane. what their programming is right now. It is absolutely insane. I think the Santa Claus is is, is mine, is is one of my main ones. Because I feel like it just lends itself to musical theater i think the sets would be absolutely extravagant because it's very it's almost wizard of ozzy in a sense of yeah. that real world is very bland and even in the movie it's very bland and then you get to the north pole and it's just this this extravagant world which i know like we all we i can't stand either of the other two Santa Claus movies. There's parts in two that I like. I, I enjoy I enjoy how absolutely terrifying the robot Santa Claus yes. is in yeah. part two. There are parts in two, and I do like some of the, the romance stuff between him and his wife, and Molly Shannon kills me singing Man, I Feel Like Some Christmas. But I will say, what those two movies did right was give me a really cool North Pole-looking world that was like just kind of elaborated on not so much in the first movie but in the second and third one and it's very fair all right so yeah give me another one i'm still hanging out in the world of dickens okay so so my first suggestion i I need to make sure i separate these clearly suggestion number one is that people continue to do the stage show production of the christmas carol that they've always done they just use the paul williams songs now additionally i want to get the team that did Evil Dead the musical okay. and say, hey, you guys did a great job taking Evil Dead and turning it into a musical stage show. Yes. Well, there's this little Bill Murray adaptation of Charles Dickens' classic novel <laughs> that I think, I think is absolutely ripe for some songs about how much of a dick Frank Cross actually is. You could do like a stage show dance. Imagine a whole tap dance number through the set for the Christmas Carol taping that they're doing. You know what I mean? Like just even like when you think about that movie, 
you've got like Buster Poindexter playing a character. Like he should have had a song. Like that fairy was ready to sing a tune. Obviously, Ghost of Christmas Future, you don't get a tune out of him. He's he's got to be dark and ominous the whole time. <laughs> but like, I think that there's like because that movie's just so visually crazy. But I could also see bringing that level of like crazy visuals, really funny songs, and like I think the misconception of musical theater is that it's bright and cheery all the time. Yeah. When like a lot of time it's kind of dark, dark and dude. sarcastic. And like, man, you don't get more sarcastic than Scrooged. No, no. Especially towards that end there. Yeah. I mean, with Bobcat, but I mean, like that does lend itself very well to a modern stage musical. Scrooged. I know. I could, I could see that. Or, you know what you do? You create Scrooge the musical, but you insert those Muppet songs into yes. Scrooge. I don't. So I was thinking about that, but I'm like, I don't think that they would blend as seamlessly. <laughs> I think, I think, I think that they would feel very out of place. <laughs> I'm kind of for it, man. I'm kind of for it. So here's an off the wall idea: we create a satire of a Hallmark Christmas movie. Okay. And then instead of like just picking one, we just kind of we, we write that generic Hallmark Christmas movie, but we turn it into a musical, but we make it very self-aware of what it is. And I, th- I think that would be a lot of fun. Something almost like like High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah. Very, very similar to that in that it's very self-aware of how nutty this idea actually is. You even do something like Christmas Princess switched the musical. So you're like combining like three different... Um, the night before Christmas Princess switched the musical. So it's like... Yeah. All these different Netflix Hallmark movie titles just smashed and we into could like even one ridiculous thing. do it very like... Love Actually style. And we could yeah. have different things happening. Because I yeah. have to have a weird fucking musical number that is a parody of a Very Merry Mix-Up. That is a top fiver for me, my friend. <laughs> with the gorgeous Alicia Witt. Do you have any any ideas that where we step away from Dickens? I have one where we step away from Dickens, but we still stay in touch with the uh, Evil Dead, the musical writing team. Ooh, okay. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2, the musical. Oh, my Um, God. I I like that idea since Part 2 is basically Part 1. Well, that's what I mean. So so you do, you get all of the Part 1, but then you still get the showstopper song Garbage Day near the end of the film. I love it. Have you written the song yet? Not yet. This came to me while I was... While I was on my walk, it was garbage day today. Garbage and I was like day. Looking, and I was like, you know, just a big show stopping musical number. Think Step in Time from Mary Poppins. Like seven yeah. minutes long of him just like marching through the streets, just gunning down people as they're taking out the trash, singing a song about it being garbage day. Oh my god. That would be absolutely amazing. And you know what would pair well with that? Like we bring this movie up all the time. We're eventually going to cover it. I think Black Xmas 2006 is just bonkers enough to be a I musical. Could, Not on Broadway. It would definitely be an off-Broadway production. Very much in the vein of Evil Dead the musical. But, I mean, there... Dude, some musicals are real fucked up. And I think that Black Xmas is tailor-made to just... 
that movie is not taken seriously at all. And I think a musical version of that movie would be absolutely incredible. He ate his mom because (laughs) she had sex with him. They had a kid. Like... That movie is absolutely bonkers. Do you have any more before we wrap it up? Nothing that I can think of. Because, I don't know. There's, It has to be a special Christmas movie to become a Broadway production. Because it's not like Christmas musicals are going to play on Broadway or... or... Yeah, was there ever an It's a Wonderful Life musical? I don't know. That would be a good one, though. Be because like that one six is like not. Long. I mean, because that one's not like overtly Christmassy. Like I realize that every time that I watch it, like it takes place at Christmas time, but like you're going through an entire dude's life, so you're covering a whole lot. It's not just like it's Christmas for two straight hours. Nineteen eighty-six. All right, a so wonderful life it. is a nineteen eighty-six musical with a book and lyrics by Sheldon Harnick, and music by Joe Raposo. Based on the classic 1946 oh, Joe Frank Raposo film. Yep. It's a wonderful You know who life. Joe Raposo is? Holy shit. Yeah, he wrote all the uh, all the Sesame Street songs. I did not know this until Including like It's Not Easy Being Green. Yeah. Oh. He also wrote all the songs for the Grinch TV specials. Well, now I feel like I need to look this up. Yeah, no, now I'm like very curious. Oh my god, there were only four productions? Oh, so it didn't do well. Mm -mm. And I think that brings us to the end of our episode. That's all we got. So Merry Christmas, Dylan. Merry Christmas, Matt. I don't know. Everyone has a podcast now. Well, not really. What is true is that, according to Nielsen statistics, 55% of the U.S. population, that's over 155 million people, have listened to a podcast, and 24% of the population, that's 68 million people, listen to podcasts weekly. And these numbers continue to trend upward. What's also true is that over 75% of all podcasts fade away after the first few episodes. It could be for a variety of reasons, lack of strong concept, poor production value, people not realizing how much time needs to be dedicated to it, or simply just not knowing how to get the word out about podcasts. That's where WeKnowPodcasting.com comes in. At WeKnowPodcasting.com, we have a combined 25 years of podcast experience, and we can help you achieve your podcasting goals. Whether you need help starting a new podcast or want to take your currently active podcast to the next level, we got you. From consultations to concept development, from theme music to editing, promotion, animation, graphics, you name it and we're here to help. Don't become another failed podcast statistic. Let us guide you and help your show become a success. Check out the website at WeKnowPodcasting.com. And even if you're on the fence, don't hesitate to reach out. We're friendly guys, we're passionate about pods, and we're here to help. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 
Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.